0: Have you ever liked something uh, in spite of yourself or despite its internal lack of consistency or I guess its inconsistencies is what I'm trying to say? Well, that's how I'm feeling right now. This is MJ. I love Tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk about Common Ze one, episode 14. So in Com- in 14 of zero one, we get to see two big new things. Uh, the first I'm going to talk about is the uh, Dodo Force Riser. Yeah, I guess that's the way you'd, you'd use it. The Dodo Force Rise uh, Rider. Now, uh, the guy, you know, Anatsu-chan, or uh, you know, little assassin is gone at this point and instead, you hear my creaky desk? Anyway, instead we have a new uh, Gear or even a, a gear, really, uh, becoming Dodo, or using the Dodo Zimetsu Rise Key. Instinct Instinct Rise, I think it's how they're saying it, Key. And um, like I said, he has it with a Force uh, Rise belt, and it's causing him to become a Common Raider version of the Dodo form. So, uh, this is Kitbashed from Bloodstock, from Bloodstock, Bloodstark, I can't remember what it, I think it's actually stock. Anyway, from uh, Common Raider build, and that's pretty cool. Uh, I like the head. Um, it's a very neat design. Uh, it looks really cool. Uh, I, I think if you didn't have him using the uh, Dodo's Monterey's key and the Dodo like wing swords, I think you know what I'm talking about if you're watching the show, uh, you wouldn't necessarily know that it was him, uh, which is kind of too bad. But the suit does look really good overall. Uh, I love the, uh, the goldish hue of the eyes that contrast really well with uh, all the red and the black. And uh, anyway, just these are, are, are good suits. Um, for the, the thing I like best about the Force Race suits is the armor pieces that they have strapped on uh, as if by force. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and uh, while this is the Bloodstock, uh base suit, it does have those elements on it, and they just kind of take it to the next level for me. So that's pretty cool. And I also like how he has, like, this chunky belt area and uh this guy ends up plugging in all the um current progress keys in order to uh send a signal to Zaya, to basically hack it for a moment uh to take over uh, take it and have it um reawaken the arc which uh enables the guys to uh and by the guys I mean Hirobi and Jin to somehow use a uh use a, a 3D printing <laughs> thing to form their own uh, progress key, and they make the Assault Wolf key, which ends up getting used you know, by Isamu, and I'll talk about that more later. As is common in this type of media, the uh, Dodo Force Rise is too strong for just one rider to take, because uh, he's new. So uh, we get Isamu and Aruto teaming up against him to defeat him, and it's a very hard-fought battle. He gets to be really cool, very... Uh, powerful, uh, and that's a lot of fun to see. Uh, he even, I would say he basically defeats them too, uh, especially because um, Aruto's uh, limitation from Shining Hopper, where his body gets worn out, kicks in, and he's unable to defeat him. And that was really cool. And there was a, a great shot where I could have sworn they either did fantastic editing or they had two people in the Shining Hopper suit, uh, you know, in two separate Shining Hopper suits and able to complete the, uh, the movements of uh, Shining Hopper in the battle, um, because it was just too darn fast. Uh, it could have been editing, but it it was impressive. If it wasn't editing, or if it was editing, I'm impressed. And if it was two suit actors, that's really cool. You know, either way, it's a really neat thing. But yeah, this this guy was a great villain for them to fight to explore these powers. And beyond that, there's a really neat thing. Uh, there's this astronaut human who helps maintain the. Um, the satellite Zaya and he is hacked. He's actually been like a sleeper agent this whole time uh, since Daybreakdown. And Isamu suspects him, Aruto doesn't because he's a brother and he loves his brother so much. And how can anybody who's a brother and loves his brother so much be a spy? Uh, which I, I enjoy the naivete. Um, and I don't think it was frustrating. I think it was played off well because you have the cynical versus um, hopeful. And um, what's the I don't think cynical is the opposite of uh, naive. I think there's a, something in between because um, naive is like you don't even know what you don't know uh, versus like having goodwill towards people and being open <laughs> to goodness uh, is something different. And I think that's what R2 embodies. And it was really um, – this, <laughs> this played better for me than uh, – the turn of Ikazuchi, which he had a different name, but the Mitsubo Jinrai guys, Jin specifically, calls him Ikazuchi, which means thunder, and the guy's always talking about bringing down the thunder on people. Uh, anyway, um, he, uh, he there was something interesting about him. Uh, he was very charismatic, the actor, uh, the attitude and the personality that they gave the human gear um, was really cool, and he like resisted or it seemed like he was resisting being hacked by Jin. Even though it turns out Jin was actually just adding something to his code. And that was a really well-played, um, like, sleight of hand on the audience, I think. And uh, I'm really glad they did that. But anyway, I, it's stupid. This guy looks like he totally got destroyed. I doubt they'll be able to bring him back. But it looks like they're going to keep do- using that um, Dodo uh, Force Riser um, suit. I, or I, would just, I would think they're still using the suit. Maybe they kitbashed it from Bloodstock because they wanted something that looked cool, fast... And if it wasn't going to be used that much, you know, you don't want to invest that much money in, in making the suit. I, I get that. Um, but I kind of envision them uh, putting this, uh, the Dodo key. And the Force Riser belt looks like, where did they get them? I guess, did they make them on their own, like by hand? Or did they 3D print them? Because I thought they couldn't 3D print until now. That's kind of weird. Hmm. Anyway, that's something to look into in the future. But I hope we get to see that uh, Dodo Force rise. Uh writer in the future. I just want to remind everybody that though uh, Mitsubo Jinrai may not have a 3D printer just yet for making the keys or whatever, uh, they do have a butt, because butts are essential to understanding humanity and uh, reaching singularity, and I think they know that. I was really surprised that we got a salt Wolf this episode. I had seen scans whether they be leaked or legitimate or whatever I knew it was coming uh at some point but just this soon in the show uh kind of shocked me um it's kind of fun that Samu steals it from that's kind of his whole thing uh he it's ironic he has the philosophy of the Mitsubo guys which is if he wants something he takes it and he you know rips it open breaks it open hacks it if you will if you must and uh claims it for himself uh even though he has no uh you know rightful claim to it um kind of interesting i I like i like that character parallel but the suit looks really great um i wouldn't mind it if it was the original thing that he had i find it funny that he has like an arc logo symbol on his chest even though he hates you know the arc and the uh you know Humagear, who on uh, the daybreak incident day 12 years ago you know caused all this pain to him and stuff and uh, anyway it was cool it was a great fight between um assault wolf and uh dodo um and I really enjoyed it, and, uh, I don't know, we'll see where they go with that in the future. I could just talk about how cool it looked, um, and all the great suit acting that they did in it, and, uh, you know, but I won't because you saw it probably, and you know how great it was, and I'll just say it was great. I want to close out kind of, uh, equivocating, kind of arguing with myself about Assault Wolf and Isamu, and the fact that he gets the, uh, classic Hiroshi Fujioka, (laughs) I mean, um, uh, Takeshi Hongo lines on his faces when he's using a salt wolf. And I was kind of bugged about that at first because I think that should be reserved for very special characters. Probably um, somebody who is the main writer of the show who is strictly a heroic writer because Wally Samu has shown restraint and not you know murdered a human gear in the past when he could have but shouldn't have. But he could have gotten away with it if he wanted to. Um, he still doesn't feel like Hongo to me at all Hongo was hurt by uh, Shocker but he kept some positivity to him whereas Isamu is scarred much like the lines on his face the, the lines uh, in the manga um, are surgical scars from Hongo being modified by Shocker after he was uh, abducted and, and yeah, worked on <laughs> turned into a cyborg um, and I like the idea of human writers getting that sort of thing, like Wataru in Kiva. That made a lot of sense to me. Um, He's the only one who I can think of that I like when they did it with him. Uh, But with Fua, he is scarred from uh, from Daybreak Town, from that tragic event in his life. And he, at the end of the episode, walks away, bleeding from his mouth, stumbling and falling down, talking about how... After talking about all he needs is rage, uh, how he will destroy Metsubo Jinrai, uh, he'll hold on to his rage and he will use it to you know, fuel him to tear it apart. Uh, you know, seemingly even if it kills him, and I think keeping that in mind, the scars make sense because the guy is scarred and it's a cool nod to the original. You know, the suffering writer who's you know hurt so badly. But I just don't know how I feel about this. Is, this. is this guy really warned it? I don't know. Maybe that's something actually uh, if you want to make a comment about it uh, do you think it's you know sacrilegious so to speak to give him uh, those lines from Hongo from the manga and uh, if not, if so yes or if yes why and if no why and uh, let's have a little discussion about it because I'm kind of um, I don't know. I'm jealous about guarding certain things like that in Comrade. but it did look really cool and uh, I thought it was a really neat detail. Um, so I'm kind of of two minds about it. Anyway, MJ Loves Tokyo can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, check out mjwinners.com for my other review series, another writer-casting, Heart Screen Sorrows, Going Ultra, and uh, Swinging Through Comics, as well as my writing projects. Love what I do? Want to support me? My coffee and Redbubble accounts have you covered. Relevant links below. If you had a good time, like, share, and leave a comment. Subscribe, ring that bell to stay current on weekly Zero 01 reviews. And remember, you don't have to shout Henshin to be a hero.